Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Texas Values Report. I hope you're having a great weekend. I hope you're going out to vote because May 7th is upon us tomorrow, and it's very important you vote in those local elections. We'll talk about that more later. I'm Mary Elizabeth Castle, Senior Policy Advisor for Texas Values. And we have a very special guest today, uh, someone who I don't think he's been on our radio show yet. He's been on a lot of our Facebook Lives. You can't not recognize that mustache and that hat. We have our very honorable, uh, we love him to death, member of our team, Pastor Jorge Tovar. Uh, ¿Cómo estás, Pastor Tovar? Estoy muy bien, Mary Elizabeth. Thank you for that. Uh, I feel honored. I feel um, uh, flattered by, by that introduction. God bless you. Yeah, for sure. And I don't think I have a formal bio of you, but I do have a very special background of Pastor Tovar and how he became a member of our team. I actually remember when I first started working here, it was right before Thanksgiving and we were supposed to have like our team Thanksgiving dinner and we got an email uh, or a call. Maybe it was a phone call um, from Pastor Jorge Tovar uh, down in Laredo, Texas, warning us that there is this very radical LGBTQ policy that was going to be adopted at the Laredo City Council. Um, Our president, Jonathan Sines, did not hesitate. He immediately got in his car, started driving to Laredo. And I remember Nicole Hudgens and I uh, like typing talking points about what we could say, you know, uh, to the Laredo City Council. And Jonathan, of course, testified. And you were there with probably 50 other pastors in Laredo saying that you did not want this ungodly law, this ungodly policy in your city. And that was just something that blossomed our relationship with Pastor Tovar and our friendship. And before you knew it, he was actually on staff uh, working with the Church Ambassador Network, which we've talked about on this show and on videos a lot about how he's reaching out to pastors uh, in the South Texas area and even in El Paso, uh, just telling them that they shouldn't be afraid to be Uh, warriors in government, or they shouldn't be afraid to go pray for their elected officials, just like the Bible tells us. So that's how we came about to know Pastor Tovar. I know he's doing a lot of other great things with his church and with his ministry, but that's how we know him. And we're just grateful to have him on the show. But before we get to some really big news about Pastor Tovar, the reason why we have him on the show is because he had a really big moment this week being on our favorite, and I say that uh, sarcastically, favorite news station, CNN. I do want you to talk about, Pastor Tovar, um, you know, your journey to becoming involved as a public citizen on issues of faith in the public sphere. Can you tell our viewers a little bit about that? Uh, about the about the uh, CNN experience or, or what? Or, you know, just your background of why you felt like it was important as a pastor to get involved in politics. Okay. Uh, uh, yes. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Elizabeth. Uh, and this is this is a big difference compared to the experience I had yesterday, yesterday in CNN. I'll probably tell you more about it, but you can see it was on Skype and it's not like Zoom. I'm used to Zoom and seeing faces and talking to oh, wow. people. Yeah. And <laughs> the CNN, you just had your picture and that's it. I mean, your oh. Interesting. So, so it was it was kind of hard for me, and then I couldn't hear very well. Oh then, wow! Their Spanish is Spanish, but it's it has an accent, so it was kind of hard to understand. And then they talk so fast, 
you know, yeah. but anyway, but going going to your question, uh, um, um, I, I I've been involved ever since uh, that uh, that occasion where you mentioned this uh, a while ago uh, back in two thousand eighteen, and um, we had that uh, experience here in Laredo. But that woke me up. Um, uh, it really woke me up, and uh, I to the point that I had to repent, Mary Elizabeth. I don't know if I ever told you guys about this, but I literally cried before God after He told me why things were happening the, the way they were happening and it was you know and it and uh, it was something that that i didn't do um that i did that didn't do i, I don't know if i explain myself but I, I i wouldn't uh be responsible i was neglecting my my civic duty as a as a citizen as a pastor as a christian you know so i started getting involved that's how i started getting involved uh, i started making conferences with uh since then, the Lord put in my heart to take the message out to pastors and churches to keep God in Texas, that we needed to act in order for us to keep God in Texas. And uh, the Lord had shown me uh, that a lot of states were pushing God out. So uh, because of the policies and laws that they were being approved. So, you know, that's that's how I started getting involved. But by not uh, by asking the church and the pastors, hey, let's take action so we can keep God, our God in our state. And, uh, and we, we had conferences along the border and, um, uh, you know, ever since, you know, in every conference, this is what, how, how we, uh, how we connected um, as, in every conference that we had of Keep God in Texas, uh, one of our guest speakers, our main speakers was Jonathan Sainz, you know, so, so that really connected us. So see some other work that we were doing, that we were doing and, and uh, um, I was finding out the work that you all were doing. So we connected and we, you know, we finally um, uh, um, just uh, agreed to work with each other. And uh, I'm me working for you all as, as well and joining the staff. So, uh, and I, I, there's a lot of things going on. I, you know, we, we created a group called uh, Protecting Familia in Laredo, just because of the same issues that are trying to come in every city. Um, we're trying to just hold, hold up our own and, and stand in the gap and make sure that it doesn't invade our cities um, and, and uh, take action. Um, you know, so, and that group that you mentioned that the pastors, there were about 45 pastors and ministries at City Hall. And that group, uh, uh, we, 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 we tried to keep on meeting on a monthly basis. And now we meet every so often, but uh, we, we, we came up with the name of the Laredo Prayer Task Force. So, you know, so, and uh, we, we, we try to keep eye, we keep standing the gap, of, you, know, and, you know, and try to, to uh, you know, ask the government just keep, to keep accountability. And, uh, and then now with Church Ambassador Network is, has opened the doors now for us to, to go and, and, and share the gospel with, with our uh, government officials uh, at the local level, at the state level. I mean, uh, Church Ambassador Network has been an inspiration uh, for me to continue uh, ministering uh, as pastor, uh, sharing the word and praying for for councilmen, council uh, women, and um, uh, commissioners, judges uh, at the local level. And um, and you know, I'm just blessed to be able to 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 um, uh, work with Texas Values and Church Ambassador Network, and uh, just um, they just uh, encouraged me to keep on working and keep on that that lit torch and, and carry on the the call that uh, or the the message that God has called us to 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 share. Yeah, um, 
Very good. And we're proud of the work you're doing, especially this week. And to recap for our viewers, this week was a very big week in the pro-life movement where we had a leak of the Dobbs v. Jackson case, which is a case we believe will overturn Roe versus Wade. And as normal, our team got many interview requests, but Pastor Tovar had a very special opportunity to be interviewed on that topic of the Dobbs v. Jackson case, where the leak actually said that Roe v. Wade will be overturned. Um, and you had an opportunity to be interviewed from, like I said, our favorite, but not really favorite uh, news station, CNN, but still really huge because CNN has millions of viewers. Um, and this was CNN Espanol. Um, and so talk about that experience. What was it like to be interviewed on CNN? And not just the interview experience itself, but you, what was it like to be interviewed on the topic of this really big pro-life movement? Uh, never in my life have been interviewed of such topic. Never, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, I'm familiar, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more familiar because I, I hear Texas values talk about it and all that, you know. So it educates me a little bit more. But you know, I wish I would have been more uh, educated on it on the case and all. But the little that I knew, I was able to. Uh, God was able to use, and. Uh, and I, again, the experience was was different at, at right just a few minutes before um, um, I was told that it was not an interview; it was a debate. And so that was oh, yeah, that changes it. So that's when I texted the, the the team said, "Okay, this is not an interview." Oh wow! <laughs> so that kind of you know, humanly kind of like, okay, what did I get myself into here? So. But I knew I I serve a living God, a, a powerful God. The Holy Spirit is with me. He gives me the, the word of God tells me that He gives me words at time that I needed. You know, so um, so the interview I think it it went fair. It went fair. Uh, not too. I'm not too happy about the the outcome because I, I think I, I upset the the host. And he kind of cut me that's off. That's a good outcome. <laughs> you, that's what you want to do. You want to upset uh, the opposing yeah, side. It, uh, it, you know, I think that the last question was, uh, or, or my my comments, because he, he said that, uh, oh, yeah, I, I responded because he said, uh, uh, why, uh, but Texas has that, uh, or versus, uh, Wade versus, uh, Roe versus Wade, uh, it makes the, the women criminals, you know, and something to that effect. And I responded immediately because I heard you all talk about this. And I responded immediately. And I said, no, wait a minute. No, that's wrong. And then he he interrupted me and said, you know what? Well, I know the law. That's what he told me sarcastically. <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> like I was ignorant of it, which maybe it's true. But I told him, but no, that's you, you're, that's a misinformation. You mm-hmm. know, the ones that, uh, that violate the, the law become the criminal, but only the ones that who facilitate the, the abortion, not the, not the woman. You know, I trying to say those, uh, that thought, and he kept on interrupting me and he said, he cut me up. And he even apologized. I'm sorry I cut you up, but we have to go. They were, our time is up and all that. I said, well, okay, I'll accept your apology. And that's, that's how I ended. And uh, so, but, uh, uh, you know, what I got from, from both the, the other guests and the host was that, What I saw and I felt as evil is so upset about um, overturning this this uh, Roe versus Wade. 
and 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 they're really like uh, um, their their um, their reaction is 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 like over overwhelming, so obvious that they're upset because this is gonna stop the the stopping of killing babies, and Evo is so upset on that, and uh, it seems like the media is is embracing that and is pushing that it's you know it's uh, and instigating to the women that they should rise and protest and all that. So I think they're instigating violence, uh, physical violence in every city of our nation, you know? So that's how I felt that, that uh, the way they were, they were approaching me and the way uh, the questions were, were, the first question was asked and, and listen to what they said. The question was the host asked, what makes us think that the government couldn't mandate the masks over us? What they, what, what does, what do they make it, what, what makes them think that now they can mandate stopping abortion and women choosing abortion? Mm-hmm. I don't know if, did I, did I make myself clear on that question? I think uh, trying to translate it in Spanish to English, but, and so that was a question, the way they put it, but the, in, in my thought was this, wait a minute, when did the government st- stop the mandating of masks? I mean, they kept on pushing for masks, right? And, 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 uh, and the country followed but they they turn it around and say, you know the how you know it's not right to mandate men. So what what makes it right to mandate uh, women not to choose to uh, to have an abortion? You know. So and you know all I said was uh, as a pastor I said uh, I quoted Deuteronomy chapter thirty where God presented um, the, his people. And he, 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 you know, there's death and there's life and there's there's curse and there's blessings. And then he went on to say, "But you need to choose life, uh, and, and prolong your descendants, descendants life." So that's the, the the scripture that I use, and we have a choice. Uh, um, and uh, God gives us an instinct in us to survive. You know, when we're facing danger, that instinct tells us, "Hey, you know, watch it, be careful." You know, instinct of survival. You, you know, because why? Because it's in us to live. And that's, that's what I use as right. the same thing. So we should know better. So we, when we see, when we have, we're faced with a decision, okay, what do we choose? Abort a life, uh, kill a life or, or not. I mean, that should be like, it's a no brainer. Our instinct should tell us, hey, no, we got to protect that life. So that's how I kind of answered that question. Yeah. Uh, you know, so that was one of the questions of, of, the, of the three. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I saw that you were interviewed alongside, but, you know, debating in opposition to a woman who represented Planned Parenthood. Yeah. So what were some of the things she was saying? She was she was saying she's pro-choice. She Mm -hmm. made herself clear that it's pro-choice and that that uh, government shouldn't decide what a woman should choose or not. But that should be Give, the choice should be given back to the woman. That basically that's what she was saying. And, and you know, at first I thought, okay, why why am I invited to a debate and then you know of this subject with a woman? I mean, that right off the bat, I lost. She's a woman, and she could right away. Okay, what do you know, right? <laughs> you can't have babies, so what do you know? You know, so uh, but basically that she was all pro-choice. She was very strong and pro-choice, yes. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's very sad to hear, but kind of wanted to go into this, you know, purview of how it was a Spanish interview, you know, with all news stories, uh, there's always an opportunity to translate that news story, especially when it has such a global impact into different languages. And then, of course, because we live in a Spanish hemisphere, you know, a lot of things that happen in the news are on Spanish media like Telemundo. So it's not a surprise that, you know, they would have a Spanish version of this story or a debate. But I was wondering if you felt that, you know, this is more than just translating a global story. Do you feel that there's some type of significant impact that the story has on your community and um, Spanish speakers and Hispanics? Do you feel like there was a special reason why they wanted to have this debate? Yes, I believe that they're they're continuing. I think this this uh, uh, specific network is continuing uh, misinforming uh, our our culture, our the the the, the Hispanic community, and uh, they want to maintain that that uh, that message that uh, pro choice, and uh, no one should tell anyone what to do with their own body. So that that message has been going on for years and years and decades. And uh, I think they want to keep it that way. And now I believe that it's stronger now because we have a lot of illegal immigrants in the country. So I don't know what the plan is. Uh, I don't know if they're going to somehow um, make a way for them to vote, but they want to, they want to make sure that they guide them through this misinformation. So they would, they would uh, feel obligated to just agree with them. So I, I feel that's that's uh, what they're trying to do with the Hispanic community. And uh, so I was trying to um, deliver the message to the church and the pastors, but uh, I was not allowed to. And, and let me tell you this, uh, at the beginning, the first time I answered the first question, uh, the host, uh, his, his name is Camilo. Camilo expressed to me, and then he kind of said, and to the woman host, I mean, to the woman guest, he said, please, let's keep all religious stuff out of this conversation. Oh, wow. Yes, he was blunt about it, you know, said, but I, you know, I completely ignored him. I kept on talking as a pastor. How else can I talk? That's, exactly. my, that's my foundation. Yeah. <laughs> It was very interesting that he said that, you know, you feel like it's not a surprise for someone like CNN that, you know, secularizes everything and promotes secular society. But you think about the argument itself. Um, if you're able to take God out of the equation, it can probably be easy to say you're aborting children or you're aborting babies. But as soon as you bring God into the equation, uh, you obviously, you know, feel some guilt, you feel some shame. So I think that's very interesting that they didn't want to bring God in it because they know what God says about this. They know how God feels about the child in the womb. They know that God knew you before he formed you. And so they don't want to bring that up because there'll be some kind of like shame or dissonance in their mind. And you're right, Marilisa, because he did mention when he said that, that, you know, try to uh, uh, leave religion out of it. He added, because we cannot argue against faith. That's what right. he said. Oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Now that you mention it, you know, you're right. They they admitted that God's word, uh, they admitted where where God stands on this subject, you know. So, so um, yeah, not that you mentioned that, that you're correct. That's what it is. And, and when you talk about God or what God's perspective, 
I think the Holy Spirit just gives them conviction and feel uncomfortable and, and they know it, but they try to ignore it by continue, continuing uh, uh, delivering their sight, their message. Yeah. Yeah, that's really good. I think we're uh, getting close to time, but I did want to talk about the National Day of Prayer that was yesterday. Um, and you attended the governor's prayer breakfast with us on Monday, you and Marta. Um, yes. attended with us. And I just wanted you to talk about how, you know, the significance in, of prayer in today's society and from a pastor's point of view, what that means. Uh, I think uh, at this moment of time, it's the most important uh, subject that should be preached in our pulpits. Um, prayer, uh, we, we, we hear all kinds of, of phrases and say, you know, prayer, uh, changes things, prayer works, and, mm -hmm. and, and, and all these things. But this is, this is the, the times that we're living right now um, are, should put us to seriously think about prayer. Now, one of the things that I've learned throughout the years in, in studying God's word is that the only thing that divides us from having a relationship from, from God is According to Isaiah 59, is our iniquities and our sins. And the Bible says that God doesn't hear your prayer. So a lot of people pray and pray, and then they turn around and live, continue living their life the way they, they want to. And uh, which is fine. Everybody has the right to live their own free will. They live the way they want to. Uh, but just remember, every Every choice, every decision you make has consequences. There could be good consequences or bad consequences, depending on the decisions or choices that you take. But one of the things that you should need to know is that God will hear um, um, a prayer only if you have Jesus Christ in your heart. So to fix that division that the iniquities and sins uh, cause us between us and God, we need to accept Christ in, as our personal Savior. So as soon as we do that, then uh, there's a scripture in the New Testament where the Bible says that God will hear our prayers. You know, so that's very important. Repentance needs to take place in order for, for God to start hearing our prayer. When we accept Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And so that's why a lot of people are praying and praying and they say, why doesn't God answer us? So I think this is the time where our cities, our states, and our nation need to get it right. You know, Christ is their savior, and Christ is the only one, the only means that God will hear our prayers. And our prayers should be seriously and continuously every day. The church needs to start praying without ceasing for our cities, for our state, our nation. And I think uh, repentance, one of, the, one, of, one of the things that happens when we repent is fruits. That we, what we used to do that did not please God, uh, stop doing that and start living a brand new life in Christ. So one of the things that takes us that they stopped with a heartbeat law and started saving lives. So I believe that was a step of, uh, uh, of in the right direction, a fruit of repentance for the state. And I believe that the blessings of God will will fall upon our state because of those steps that they took. So the nation is in the same position. And I believe that prayers are being heard by God. So that's why this shaking of the nation 
with this heartbeat law um, and now gives the opportunity to, to overturn Roe versus Wade. And that's, uh, I think that's a result of prayer. So we need to pray every, uh, uh, um, every uh, character in the Bible was connected with God somehow, one time or another, whether they kept on being faithful to God or not, but prayer changes things. Uh, we need to pray. We need to continue to pray. It's very important. Prayer without ceasing. And we, you don't have to close your eyes to pray, because you might say, oh, I have a 30-minute drive or an hour drive from here to work, so I can't pray because I need to concentrate and focus on driving. I mean, you can do that, and you can continue praying. And we can if we can drive and sing along with the radio, we can drive and pray to God. You know, uh, we can. So that's okay, that's praying without ceasing. So I encourage everyone, and encourage everyone that you know to keep on praying because God is changing things and God is shaking up the nation. Let's pray so God can shake around your area because that's where it's needed. It starts at home. It starts in Jerusalem, and Absolutely. then to, and then to Samaria and Judea and the, the rest part of the world. So prayer is very important. Well, very good comments, Pastor Tovar. We're very proud of you being on CNN and representing pro-life views, especially from the perspective of a pastor and a religious leader. And it's just a treat to have you on the radio show today. But thank you so much, Pastor Tovar, for being on today. And I'll see you at the Monday morning meeting. Amen. It's a blessing. Thank you for, for having me in your program, Meredith. God bless. All right. God bless. Well, I have very quick announcements before we leave on the radio show today. Of course, I want to talk about what happened on Monday night, which we could call abortion gate, row gate, Dobbs gate or life gate, which is the leak of the Dobbs decision um, on Monday night. And that has just shaken up things uh, recently. If you want to see more about what Texas Values has been saying about this moment, be sure to keep up with us on social media. Go to txvalues.org. Um, you see this pin I have that is 1972. Hopefully I can have a pin that says 2022 to represent the year we bring back life in our nation and stand for pro-life values. So definitely be on the lookout for that. We're hoping that this is the official decision. It's been confirmed by Justice Roberts that this was the official opinion. So we're praying that nothing changes between now and when they release it. We're also praying that they release it soon. Uh, so please keep updated with us on what happens on that issue. Also, I want to segue to our June 1st event. Uh, we have more speakers lined up and confirmed. We have both authors of the Texas Heartbeat Law that are going to be at our June 1st event. And we're having the June 1st event at none other than the Preston Wood Baptist Church in Plato, Texas. You know the history of that church and everything they've done in that area. Please get your tickets by going to ourprolifemoment.com. And of course, keep pregnancy resource centers in your prayers. Unfortunately, because of the virtual and the hate uh, surrounding the pro-choice movement, a lot of pregnancy resource centers have been attacked. Uh, one local PRC in Texas across from the UT campus here in Austin has suffered severe vandalism and attacks. So please keep those centers in your prayers. Uh, there's news that they're going to plan attacks on churches possibly next. So be on the lookout, but pray and pray that this is a moment where hearts and minds are changed on this issue as well, because we believe we can do that. 
Uh, that's all for the Texas Values Report. This has been Mary Elizabeth Castle. Thank you so much for being with us this weekend. God bless.